AJ Jones. Alan Jones. How are you, my baby? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Welcome to Keeping Up with the Joneses, episode 105. <laughs> wow. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for welcoming me. Welcome right back to you. <laughs> I uh, sense you're feeling a little bit sassy this evening. I might be. I'm a little punchy. I'm, I'm very tired. It was a crazy week. So Well, now, to be fair, we say that every week. Man, we've had a crazy week. Man, it's been a busy week. But true. of any weeks that we've had this year, I would say this week is a little busier than normal. Yeah, it was a crazy week. For those that missed it, last week we bought a house. We did. Yeah, we put an offer on a house conditional on selling this one. And this week? We sold this house. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh... We had a whole bunch of amazing friends that came over and helped us declutter and get the house clean and ready to put on the market this week. And so we had people here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It was like a SWAT team just swooped in. It, seriously. There was people packing. There was people cleaning. There was people wiping yeah. baseboards. There, there was, was people like four doing or five windows. people here at almost all times. And worked tirelessly. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, those of you that came. Oh, it was astonishing. Oh, amazing. And you, so... I'm sure there's a verse in the Bible about how two are better than one, because if one falls in a pit, the other can get them out of the pit, or something like that. I might be paraphrasing. It's true. And that one time when one of them fell in the pit, we were all able to get them out. So No, <laughs> my point is, especially when I was loading and unloading stuff from the car. Yeah. Just having another person there instantly cut that in half. Yeah. And then scale it up when you have five, six, seven, eight people. Yeah. Oh, it was just amazing. amazing. So the pictures were taken on Thursday. So, well, there was a couple of stages that we had to do. Yeah. We had to get the house ready to have photographs taken. Yes. And our realtor was like, uh, you probably want to remove the vast majority of your furniture. And we're like, are you, are you, are you serious? Are, but what are we going to sit on and what are our children going to play with? She's like, roll up your rugs and... Blimey, you could tell that she does that for a living. Yes. Because as soon as we did exactly what she told us to, our house looked giant. Yeah, it looked much bigger. We're like, oh. Oh, you're such a smart cookie. You're clever. So we had to move a lot of our furniture out, a lot of our, what we thought was life, but was turned out to be clutter. We moved that out and we had to get that ready for Thursday when the it's photographer came. It's not all clutter. Came. I now have to figure out how to work without many of my kitchen gadgetry until we move. Oh, you'll be absolutely fine. There's plenty yeah. of kitchen gadgetry in the cupboards. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so our main goal was get it ready to be documented in photographs. Yeah. And then the next stage was go another level deeper because we're going to have people coming. Looking through your cu cupboards and stuff. Right. So we were like, gosh, we need to actually clean, organize. Like we understand what's going on with our cupboards and we know where things are, but uh, it doesn't look organized. So we... Did that too. Well, it's like that when you tidy to have guests over. It's basically shove everything in that one cupboard that nobody looks in. Right. But then when you're selling a house and people are going to look through cupboards to see how much cupboard space. You need to look in there and see what <laughs> precious thing that you haven't been able to find for the last three months that's sitting in there. We still haven't found our car keys. By the way, if anybody stayed at our house and borrowed a garage door opener, could you check in your belongings <laughs> to see if you still have it? Because we're down one garage door opener. And we need it back. And we need a set of <laughs> Nissan Leaf keys. So if you borrowed our car as well, could you let us know? That would be perfect. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much. But anyway, so we had to tidy for Thursday. We had mm -hmm. uh, an open house on Sunday, but that didn't matter because on our first day on the market, yep. 
Well, it got listed Friday afternoon, but yeah, our first, our first full, full day. day on the market. We got an offer. Yep. And it was an amazing offer. It was. So we said, okay. Yes. And we've sold our house. It's gone. <laughs> that was fast. So it's sort of the same thing on the front end. We saw that other house. Yeah, last. basically went and saw it and then decided, yes, we want it, put an offer in it. And, and you know, I was, I've been thinking all this week about, that was very Canadian of me. About? I've been thinking this week about the whole process of buying and selling a house. And I was thinking about how it's kind of like a microcosm of walking with God in life anyway. Okay. Here, here's what I mean by that is, let's let's start at the beginning and tell the story of how we started on this crazy process. Okay. Do you want me to start and you'll interject like all married couples tell stories? Well, I think... I think you're going to start with the stairs and my thought would start before that. Oh, well, why don't you start before that? So I had been thinking since last summer that we needed to move and which was weird because we'd only moved in here two years before that. And it seemed very, um, soon, but I just thought, oh yeah, I, I don't know. Like I just really felt like it, but you were like, Meh, it's okay. You know, let's not, whatever. And I was well, like, okay. I think I was going meh because... Uh, how much I, work it is. Uh, how much work it is. Right. Exactly. How much work it is. Right. So I totally got that. But I still really felt like this was something we needed to do. But to be fair in our marriage, you're you're usually previous. Yes. Like by the time I think I've heard from the Lord, it, it's like old news to you. And you're very patient at... at f- and I, I'm not sure that you, you never ever communicate. I felt like the Lord has said this. You, you just say, I feel this. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I hear from the Lord on it. Well, I just wait. Yeah, but why don't you just and tell I me, pray. babe, I think I felt like the Lord said this. Because I think we both need to hear something because we're making a decision together. No, that's true. Because even if you said the Lord told me this, I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, I'll wait for him to tell me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Well made. So anyway, I had just sort of, I mean, not praying a lot, but every once in a while I'd be like, okay, Lord, if we're supposed to move, chat with Alan about it. So I was quite excited when this one day you walked upstairs and said... Well, I want to be careful in telling the story because what I've realized is that we often tell a story with one perspective till we've lived out the end of it and then we change the telling of the story. Okay. So here's what happened. It was about 11 p.m. at night. I'm Uh going to bed. I'm climbing up the stairs. I've told Alexa to turn off all the house lights. And as I'm walking upstairs... Alexa is our electronic slave. (laughs) Alexa, turn off the downstairs lights. I apologize to anybody who's listening to this and you have an Amazon Echo and it maybe just turned off all your lights. I sincerely (laughs) apologize for that. So anyway, I'm walking up the stairs. It's about 11 p.m. at night. And as I go upstairs, minding my own business, a thought passes through my head and it says this, now would be a good time to sell your house. And... I wouldn't say it was the Lord. I wouldn't say it was me. I, the way I've described it is a little louder than my own thoughts and a little quieter than the way I normally hear the Lord. Okay. But nevertheless, it had unusual content. It popped in out of nowhere. Right. And I certainly wasn't wanting to move house. But I had been thinking, Jamie Galloway gave us a word last time he was here. He gave us a prophetic word about God giving us a house and it's coming out of left field. And I had been pondering, I'd been talking with the Lord maybe in the previous couple of weeks about... Uh, this whole thing of Lord, do we wait for you to move, or can, can will you respond to our faith? Or right. and I, I was just mulling over right. anyway. Right, right. And I go to bed, and I wake up in the morning. I said, "Babe, I was going to bed last night, and I heard this thought. Now would be a good time to sell your house. What do you think? And what did you think? 
Well, I said, why don't we talk to Bill? Okay. At this point, we need to introduce Bill Butler. Bill Butler. The man. The legend. The man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) So, Bill and Noni are very dear friends of ours who live in Franklin, Tennessee. We met them when we moved here to Gray Center. It's a long story. We really need to have Bill on the podcast. That'd be fun. I've asked them to come on, but... I don't know whether I can persuade him to or not. Anyway, Bill is a very good friend of ours. He's He has got tons of wisdom and we often pick his brain about lots of stuff. He's, yes. Yeah, he's got tons of experience, tons of wisdom. And for many people in our community, he's one of those people that people go to and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And so I just said, Bill, you know, this is what I was going up the stairs. I'm not sure it was the Lord. I'm not sure it was me. I just heard now would be a good time to sell your house. And he said, well, it would be a good time to sell a house. It's a great market. But usually people who want to sell their house know where they're going to first. And he encouraged me, just go push on some doors. Let's just, just see how far that thought takes you. Yeah. So in an uncharacteristic fashion, that's what we did. Yes. I say uncharacteristic because the way we're both wired is we tend to like to have tons of research done and then make decisions out of analysis. Yes. Whereas this was, meh, what can I hurt? We'll go meet with somebody. Let's just explore it. Yeah. Yeah. So we went and spoke to a friend of Bill's and we've quickly learned that Bill knows everybody and everybody's a friend of Bill. He seems to know everyone. And so she sat down, ran some back of the envelope numbers for us and was like, yeah, yeah, you could, but you you probably want to meet with a realtor just to see how much your house is worth. And again, I did some back of the paper calculations on how much I thought our house was worth, but I'm not, I'm not a trained realtor. I don't have a clue. Yeah. So we kicked around some numbers and just thought, well, there's a couple of ways this could go and invited a realtor over and she was amazing and she kind of confirmed our math a little bit and so we thought well that's just you know it couldn't hurt to go out and look so we went out and looked and on the first day we looked we found a house that had come on the market that day first mm-hmm. full day it was on the market yeah and it has amazing potential it has amazing potential but here's where the rubber hits the road we've now gone from a theory and kicking tires to oh my goodness what are we about to do we need to make a decision this could be insane <laughs> Yep. And so I sat down, first things first, to just be with the Lord mm-hmm. and just say, because the way we went about it was uncharacteristic. Normally, I don't move until I've heard the Lord. And I wasn't sure that now would be a good time to sell your house was the Lord. I wasn't even sure if it was my thought. And we were just kind of exploring. And so I sat down and just said, Lord, what you know, what do you think? And he was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, that's not a very helpful answer. And he's like, yeah. What I've learned about you, Alan, is you want specific answers to specific questions. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, but what I found is that it doesn't actually help you. It doesn't bring any clarity to you because once you've heard my answer, you then want to know the how and the why and the when. And it's not wrong, but all your questioning does is lead you to more questions. And so the Lord pointed out, he said, well, let, let's take off whether this is my will or not. And just let me ask you a couple of questions. So I was like, okay, Lord. So he's like, haven't you enjoyed the process? Haven't you just enjoyed dreaming and exploring? And haven't you enjoyed browsing and pondering and wondering? And haven't you enjoyed the bubbling up of possibilities? And, you know, haven't you loved all of this stuff? And I was like, actually, I have. Yeah, I, I, I really loved that. And so I just felt like the Lord, for the for one of the, not the first times in my life, but 
for one of the times in my life, I felt this joy at exploring the landscape of possibilities without really considering whether this was right or wrong, whether right. this is what God has. Just dreaming with God. Yeah, and, just yeah. kind of dreaming. And I just felt like the Lord said, actually, there's, as your dad, I'm happy to help you with whatever you would like to do. If you want to stay here, I'll, I'll make sure you're blessed here. Mm-hmm. If you like to move, I'll I'll bless you in that too. But actually, it's important to me that you cultivate peace and I'll give you I'll give you the land that you choose to settle in and you, you'll have peace. Yeah. So I was strangely content with that answer. Mm. What what did you think about that answer? Did that do anything in your heart or where was your heart in the whole process? I mean my heart was uh excited or maybe excitedly cautious or cautiously excited or something. <laughs> so I was sort of like, oh, I felt really peaceful about everything. And it felt like, okay, God, it feels like you're on this. Um, and I'm so I'm happy to keep walking forward until it feels like you're not, you know. Right. You know. We'll assume there's a green light until you show us a red. Yeah. I think that was my comfort as well. I called my dad and had a, a good hour conversation with my dad in Scotland. And it was a great conversation. My dad is really prudent, really wise, doesn't rush into things. And I remember the last time we called him about buying this house. I just thought, you know, my my dad will just give it to me straight. And I was just really encouraged talking to my dad. I just got to verbally process stuff. And I just loved the the way we could just talk about things. And I said, Dad, you know, can you just listen to my thinking and poke holes in it? And he's a scientist, so he loves doing that. That's what he loves doing, collecting data and and testing uh, other people's theories. So I was like, oh, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about this. And he's like, have you considered that? And I'm like, I have. And he's like, have you considered this? I was like, oh, no, good one, I haven't. And it was just really good to have friends to bounce this off of. And mm-hmm. we called our, our, our good friends, Josh and Ginger Hallmark, who... Uh, in my opinion, know probably more about real estate than most people. And just ask them, like, is this wise? Because here's what was happening. The whole time I'm enjoying this process with the Lord about exploring things and potential and dreaming, on the other side, I'm listening to another voice that sounds like reason, but it's actually fear. Mm-hmm. And I realize that what's happening is all this fear that I'm going to be put to shame is going to pop up, that somehow something's going to fall through, that, oh, I don't know, maybe the loan's not going to go through, or there's going to be a problem, or I'm going to be caught with my proverbial pants down, where they're like, oh, and you need this, and you're like, well, nobody told me I needed this, and this could be in, you know, a large sum of money, or right. some paperwork, or you don't qualify, and having got my hopes up, it was all going to come crashing down, and the Holy Spirit was so kind, he was like, Alan, Shame and fear are terrible counselors. Right. And this is a bit I thought about that, oh, this whole process is like walking with God in in faith, is that trusting is testing. What do you mean? I, I don't mean pass or fail testing, but more proving. I remember, and this is probably the only thing I remember from high school chemistry. Our, one of the, the things our teacher used to love to do in high school chemistry was do that thing where you shove potassium in water. And what happens when you shove potassium in water, Dr. Jones? Um, bubbles. Explosion. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't suppose I've ever shoved potassium in water. And that would be the difference. 
Uh-huh. Had I just had to read a book about the chemical reaction that happens when potassium interacts with two parts of hydrogen, one part of oxygen, it probably would have just been lost in my mind palace. But what our <laughs> chemistry teacher did was made us all it's wear safety goggles. It's a drafty place, that mind palace. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. What he did was he made us all wear safety goggles and then with tongs dropped it in and ran away. And we remember the huge explosion. I remember actually some windows being broken. <gasps> and in doing that, we proved that a chemical reaction took place. Right, okay. Now, yep. here, here's the thing with that proving is even if we didn't do the test, the fact still remains that potassium has a reaction when it comes into water. We didn't do the test because we questioned the nature of those two chemicals. He did it for us to reinforce our learning of the truth we supposedly already knew. Right. Are you still with me? Sort of, but I'm wondering why when you take a potassium pellet and put it under your tongue, you don't have an explosion in your mouth. I don't think that's potassium. I think you're thinking of magnesium. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should start a new podcast called Science 101. Um, really? I- Let me tie the two together. Okay. So I was thinking about with God that that God leads us into things or gives us the opportunity to walk with him that requires faith to prove himself so that we move from knowledge to knowing. Yeah. Like from a tacit nod to a living experience. Right. I think, and I'm just sidebar here, I think that's why tithing is so awesome. Yeah. Because everybody believes that God is good and that he's our provider and that he's going to take care of us. But he actually asks us to test that theory. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a grave danger that we we go through life merely acquainted with stories about God rather than with our own living testimonies of his nature. Yeah. And I felt like this whole experience of risking, uh, of being put to shame or the fear or, like at one point, I just heard this, me, 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 you know, the noise that big trucks make when they're backing up. Mm. And the Lord was like, Alan, you're backing up trucks of borrowed trouble. Like, yeah. you're sitting here, and you're like, yeah, but Lord, what if this doesn't work? And what if this doesn't work? And the Lord was like, Alan, why why have you dipped your ladle in the pool of worry? As Gary Morgan says, worry is a misuse of imagination. Yeah. Well, like, why don't you apply that same mental energy to faith about how awesome it could be? Right. So once I kind of spent the morning with the Lord realizing, okay, I think... I think that you're good with this. I th- I think I'm wrestling with like, oh God, I hope this all works out. What if we're, you know, what if we're idiots? What if we're making a financial mistake here? What if we're going to all this effort and we can't sell our house? What if, what if, what if? Right. And I just realized, gosh, Lord, how much of that do I do in my normal everyday life? Mm-hmm. So I hope those of you who are not in the process of buying a house right now are getting something from this. My point is, in life, Everything that you're going to do with God requires trust. And whenever you step out in trust, there's a whole blanket of thoughts that will attack that thought. Don't listen to them. They're negative monsters. Yeah. Strangle them at birth. Meanwhile, I wasn't uh, struggling with any of those thoughts, particularly. I was just Why is that? cruising Pinterest and looking for uh, new home ideas. <laughs> so tell me, why did you not have any of the, why did I have all that fear and anxiety? I mean, I had moments of like, because it's quite a large house, 
that we bought. And I mean, granted, it's a great deal, but it's still like there was part of me that was like, but we're pastors, you know, should we have a large house? And then I'm like, wait a minute. I don't believe that. I don't believe that anywhere. Right. But that's shame coming up. Yeah. So I just sort of, but I was able to sort of recognize it as soon as I started thinking it. And I thought, yeah, I'm actually not going to partner with that at all. In fact, I'm going to troll Pinterest for decorating ideas. So you moved in the opposite (laughs) spirit. Yeah. The other thing we should probably clarify, because based on Instagram and Facebook feeds, we we should clarify that we are staying in Franklin. We're like, staying in a lot Franklin. of people are like, "Where are you moving to?" And I like six minutes from here. I wanted to stir the pot and say East Nashville, California, <laughs> Paris. But no, we're staying in Franklin. We're we staying are, in Franklin. We're not moving. We're not leaving. Staying at Gray Center. Yeah, and yeah. we're very excited. We're just and we're thrilled moving to a place with a little more space. Yeah, and a pool. And a pool. A pool in the neighborhood, not a pool in our house. Right. Well, which is better because I don't have to take care of it or get leaves out of it, but you can go to the pool whenever you want. Perfect. Mm. It is funny that we can be embarrassed by the goodness of God on our life. Yeah. Like you feel like you need to apologize. Right. So I very quickly pointed out that it's not a pool at our house, it's just a pool in our neighborhood. Like, so what's that? Maybe the Lord's going to war on Mm. shame in my life. That'd be a good thing. Oh, thanks. You noticed? (laughs) Well, it's always a good thing if God goes to war against things that are against him. So my question, dear listener, is are there facets of God's nature that you're merely acquainted with? And could it be in this season that the Lord is wanting to give you living, tangible experience of that side of his nature? Mm. Because you discover more about God by walking with God not by reading about it. And that sounds like it's terrible. Of course you learn. But I love what John Wimber used to say, that reading the Bible is, the Bible is the menu, it's not the meal. Reading the Bible tells you what's available in your relationship with God. Don't don't confuse Bible stories with your relationship with God. They just right. point to the experiences we should be having with them. Yeah, it's really good. And I would probably add to that this helpful tip um, don't put potassium under your tongue. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a long week, ladies wait, and gentlemen. Wait, why don't bananas explode when you put them in water? I think the level of potassium <laughs> okay. versus like a bath salt sized okay. portion of potassium. I'll put a link in a YouTube video to what happens when potassium hits water. Okay. And you'll see. I think you're right. I was taking magnesium, perhaps. You were. Mm -hmm. And you were also taking uh, homeopathic levels of magnesium, which means there's trace amounts. Okay. So that would also explain that. Okay. Or potassium. Magnesium. Will magnesium explode when you put it in water? (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. Do you want to talk about what we learned from Danny Silk last week and how we applied it this week? Can you speak specifically about what you're talking about? The whole connection thing, staying connected. Oh, okay. Yeah. um, In previous moves, we've both gotten really stressed and the stress sort of overtakes the joy of what you're trying to accomplish or the, you know, the blessing that's hiding behind it. Right. Because you become a monster. Right. And you're just task oriented and then everybody is, everybody and everything is an obstacle. Correct. Um, But And and we, both of our life languages, when we're in distress, tend to sabotage our relationships in fairly predictable ways. Right. We just tend to become fairly controlling and well, bossy. All right. Yes. We both become fairly controlling. 
And so then we snip at each other. Yeah. And we end up becoming the people we don't want to be. Yeah. But we excuse it because we're busy. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to do all this stuff. Right. So this week we did a much better job of prioritizing connection. Well, we just asked the Lord. We're like, Lord, it would be, it's like that verse that says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Like, what does it profit us if we get a new house, but we hate each other getting there? Right. If we spent, you know, the next month or so packing up at each other's throats. Right. But it's all going to be good because we're moving to a different house. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah. So, uh, several times during the week, we would pause and just say, I'm just checking in with you. I want to prioritize connection over moving. Yeah. And And checking in with the kids, too, and making sure that they're doing well and stuff. It did wonders. Yeah. It was really good. No stress, no fights, nothing. We, uh, our wonderful real estate agent, she said, either bake bread or bake cookies before an open house or before showing. I don't think she said that. I think the internet told us that. I thought she told us. No, I think everybody found out we're selling a house and told us, oh, this is what you should do. Okay. Well, somebody told us. And so we we went and got some sugar cookies just for the smell because we don't eat those because they have gluten in them. So I was baking cookies and then throwing them in the trash (laughs) just for the smell. But we did it. We baked cookies for the smell. And then you walked around with the cookie sheet and wafted the cookie smell into every room before we threw them in the trash. Well, the thing is, I feel terrible that we're just throwing away food, but I, I think they're possibly the worst cookies on the planet. I mean, they were they're like... just flour and water and sugar. They were nasty, though. They were just did like you the try ones, one? You, no, of course I didn't. But I was just okay. looking at the ingredient list and the cost of what I paid for them. Uh, I was like, it was cheaper like, than dog food. <laughs> As a rule of thumb, don't eat anything that costs less than dog food. Good tip, good tip. But the, you know, the ones that just come straight out of the freezer, you put them in and 10 minutes later, they've They're transmorgified into yeah. a cookie. Yeah, terrifying. But dear Lord, they smell so good. Yeah, they did smell really good. I'm pretty sure that the incense, the prayers of the saints smell like vanilla cookies. I... I hope not. I don't think they smell that good, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, we, I mean, we had fun sort of um, getting everything ready. I'm super thankful that we don't have to keep the house at the level of cleanliness that it needs to be for people to walk through because with three kids that was going to become tedious. Mm-hmm. And I know lots of people that have showed their house for two or three weeks or even months so for us, it's just, it just, it felt so lovely. Like, oh God, even that's a gift that it was the first day, the first showing somebody walks through and says, I want your house. You know what I forgot to mention? What? When the Lord pointed out that fear and shame were terrible counselors, he, he gave me Psalm 37. Mm-hmm. And so I just went and read Psalm 37. And there was a whole lot of stuff in there that was... I mean, it wasn't about um, moving house because that's not what the context of the psalm was. But there's a lot of stuff in there that applied. But I want to read portions of Psalm 37 to anybody who's going through anything right now where you're needing to trust God. Because it was a huge encouragement to me. The day that I read that, I was like, man, I'm on top of the world. So I want to read a little bit of Psalm 37 over our listeners. And then we've got a listener's question. Boop, boop. Okay. Uh, I'm just going through all the bits I underlined. Okay. Psalm 37, verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. That's a nice, encouraging verse. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him and he will help you. That was a fun thing, starting out on a big project that we didn't know what we're doing. I'm just like, all right, Lord, I'm committing this to you. Yeah. Would you, I'm trusting you. Would you help us, please? 
Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. That's fun when you're waiting for contracts to come back and are taking longer <laughs> than you might like. Uh, the lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. So I want to encourage you, no matter what path you're walking along today, no matter what journey you're on with the Lord right now, Put your hope in the Lord and he will honor you by giving you the land or giving you the destination that you're walking towards. So, Adrian, I want to pray for you today that you would receive encouragement to reach the destination of the path that you're on. All right. Listener's question time. Go for it. It says, uh, when it comes to inner healing, what things are my responsibility and what things are God's responsibility? That's a great question. It's a fantastic question. <laughs> And not to talk about houses, but I have a house perspective on oh, this. Oh, go, go for it. Well, I was thinking about when it comes to selling houses, what things are my responsibility and what things are God's responsibility? Because in terms of our responsibility, we spent three days with a team of crack commandos cleaning our house, making it look presentable, and we, we put in a lot of effort. Sure. But that effort doesn't guarantee anything. Mm-hmm. There's lots of houses on the market. Maybe nobody comes to our open house. Maybe There's lots of houses on the market, even in our neighborhood. Right. Yeah. And so you could do all that work and maybe nobody shows up or nobody likes your house or, and you can think, oh, that all that work was in vain. Right. Or we've heard testimonies of, you know, people just sitting at home, not even trying to sell their house and a knock at the door. We have a friend who this happened and somebody walked in and said, oh, I love your house. Can I buy it? And they had a bag of cash and they bought the house. That was all the Lord. They didn't do anything for it. So, right. But what I learned is there's, there is this partnership, whereas you, you do what you can do and everything that God needs to do, you just step back and let him do that. Yeah. And I think that's similar with inner healing, but sorry to talk about houses. AJ, what do you think? Well, I was thinking about in Psalm 139 where it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I think there's something to be said for checking in with God on a regular basis and just saying, Lord, search me and know me. Like, know if I have anxious thoughts, know if there's stuff that's going on in me. And then actually owning those things when when God talks to you about them and not running from him and not um, choosing to go around the mountain 48 times before you deal with it, but actually saying, okay, Lord, you've brought this up and I trust in your goodness and I trust in your kindness. And so can we, can we look at this together, you know, and, and what do I need to do here? And then you just sort of do, you know, like Christine says, do kingdom business, you know, release forgiveness where forgiveness needs to be released and, you know, unhook yourself from ungodly beliefs and, you know, work through the stuff that needs to be worked through. But I think, I think it's both. And I think, um, God does some of it and, and you do some of it, but I think he's looking for us to start, you know, when he brings it up, he's looking for our reaction. Are we going to react or are we going to respond? Right. I think that's such a good point, babe. And I think like everything in the Christian life, there's a couple of different camps. Like there's one camp that thinks, oh, you don't need any inner healing. It was all done at the cross. Right. And I'm like, just a quick look at your life and my life right now would tell me that that's not true. 
Mm. Like there are plenty of times where my behavior or my actions, my words, my thoughts are not in line with what Christ did on the cross. Right. Well, you you have to appropriate it into right. every area of your life. And then there's another camp where it's all about navel gazing and it's all about, you know, woe is me and I'm just a worm. And as with everything, there's a happy medium there of of the sovereignty of God and the process of God. So all through scripture, we're told to partner with what he's done, mm. like to be transformed by the renewing of our mind or to put off the old man and put on the new, right. to work out your faith with fear and trembling. There's just, there's so many of those things. And there's action in all of those things. That's intentional action on our part. But I think being teachable, I think listening to the Holy Spirit when he's like, hey, I'd yeah. love to help you with that. Yeah. Hey, could I, can I put my finger on this? Yeah. Or worse, when God speaks through people, your friends, your family, random strangers who come up and say, hey, I noticed that you're a little sarcastic or, hey, I don't know if you've noticed, but you're leaving a trail of destruction. Like, it is so hard to receive negative feedback yeah. that God is giving you to bring you to a place of breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But if we will just be humble and listen and weigh incoming data and actually allow the Lord to do that, to point that out to us and be willing to yield to the process, incredible stuff happens. Yeah, for sure. I remember when we went for our RTF, I remember about halfway through the week, this is a healing week where H and I went away for a week and you sit down with two counselors and they they pray through a whole bunch of exhaustive stuff for you. And I remember about halfway through the week, I was just mentally, emotionally and physically spent. I mm-hmm. think I'd cried for three days straight and I was like, it's not that I didn't want to go back. It's just that I physically didn't want to go out of bed and go in there and cry more. Right. And the Holy Spirit said, Alan, if you would just physically move your body into that room mm-hmm. and just be willing to do the prayers they ask you to pray, honestly, I'll do the rest of it. And that was yeah. really encouraging. I was like, all right, I'll show up. Yeah. I have another verse for you. Yeah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. I think sometimes inner healing feels like this exhaustive, never-ending weeding in the garden of our soul. Right. But it's not. It's this super simple process where we have a dad who loves us and wants to refine us and help us grow. Mm. And we're just... But the Holy Spirit's help just love to point out any areas that we're living way below who we're built to be. And when you look at it like that, and when you realize it's not your job to fix you, it's just your job to say yes to God. Yeah. Like everything in life, things get remarkably simpler. Yeah, much better. All right, let's wrap up this bad boy. Well, we're going to Iceland this week, which is super exciting. Very exciting. We haven't been back in a few years, and so we're super stoked to go, but it also means we are not going to have a podcast next week because we will still be in Iceland. But come back the following week and we'll have a whole lot of stories about our time in Iceland and regular scheduled program will continue. Yes. Also remember that time is running out to apply for the School of Supernatural Life this year. Applications have to be in by June 15th. And you can find out more about the school by going to alanandaj.com slash S-O-S-L. We'd love to have you on the school. And for um, everything else we've talked about this week, pick up the show notes at alanandaj.com slash 105. Faith. Faith. 
Life communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan yeah. and AJ, oh, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone 